Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Talking Schmodown. That's right, we're back. And this is a good one. Uh, a whole lot of stuff to talk about, man. Five matches this week. Incredible. Uh, and this ain't even the biggest week of the month. So uh, I- I'm real excited to start talking about everything that went down uh, over this past week in the Schmodown. Now, before I get into the matches that happened, I want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that happened on backstage this past week. Not not the one that happened, uh, I believe, uh, either yesterday or, or earlier today, but the one from last week. Now, over the last two weeks, uh, there's been a certain guest on on this show, and this certain guest has, uh, let's say, shown his true colors. Uh, and I am speaking, of course, about uh, Chandru Dandapani. Uh, you know, he is now the Inner Geekdom Champion, and you know what? Congratulations, Chandru. You have the championship now. However, just because you have the championship does not mean that you have to be a total dick. Because that is exactly what you were on this past episode of uh, of uh, Schmodown Backstage. And uh, I just... I don't know if it's just you playing up your character. I don't know if this is really how you are. But, no matter what, I don't... It, it's not a good look to be disrespectful like that, in my opinion. You know, I'm just a, a viewer, a commentator, as you may. But uh, personally, I think that what you're—I think you're going down a bad path, and I hope that uh, it doesn't—it uh, doesn't affect your title reign going down the line. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And on—I uh, was recently also watching an episode of uh, Late Night with Gucci and, and Kaiser. It's good stuff. Uh, it was actually a really fun episode. Kaiser got plastered. At, by the end of that episode, it was it was fantastic. Mike was on it, Mike Kalinowski. Um, and Mike talked about his desire for a timeout during normal gameplay. Now, this is something that I brought up on last week's show. Uh, because Roka and Bateman on Backstage the week before had mentioned uh, this exact same thing. You know, the possibility of having like a 30 to 60 minute or a second timeout during regulation gameplay now this is something that has come up in iron man matches the ability to have a quick 30 second break to kind of collect yourself um but i gotta say i i am interested in the idea of this being something that they do uh going forward in regular matches now maybe obviously this is something that they probably would not put into effect until next year um because you know rules changes like that mid mid season it's that's not a good. That's not a good look. But uh, I mean, I'd be down for. I'm interested. What do you guys think? Um, w- would you be interested in seeing something like like a timeout be being able to be used in normal gameplay? I don't know. Let me know in the comments. Uh, I'd really be uh, interested in finding out. You can either uh, right here on YouTube if you're watching this live, uh, or or even if you're watching it later on, uh, or you could head on over to. Twitter right there at MovieBlogMerk, uh, and you can use the hashtag TalkingSchmoDown, and just uh, let me know. What, what are your thoughts on that? I'd, I'd really like to know. All right, so 
now that I got some of that out of the way, I am going to get into this. Oh man, five matches, three play-in matches for the singles tournament. The ultimate Schmodown singles tournament has officially begun, uh, and we got our first three play-in matches this week. And whoo wee, I gotta say, this is some good stuff, man. Some not so great stuff <laughs> happened during it, but this was some good stuff. Uh, and we also got uh, another awesome Schmodown throwdown. Uh, this week was the title match between Dan Merle and Ethan Irwin. So uh, I'm excited to get into that when uh, we get down there. So, All right, so let's start off with this first match. And that was Andres the Ghost Galago versus Adam the Coyote Collins. The Dungeon versus Corruption yet again. Battling each other out to see who will be on top again. And we all saw how that went down. Alright, so. I gotta say, getting into this match, uh, I didn't, I mean, these, these are two new, these are two rookies. And didn't really know much about either of them. So, like, I, I had no idea uh, who to root for as far as individuals go. Um, so, I, I was kind of putting my money on Adam Collins just because I was kind of backing corruption. Which, you know, hey. Is what it is. I mean, I love Kaiser. I love Smets. But I'll be honest, Dungeon hasn't been doing so hot this year. So, you know, I was putting I was putting my money where uh, where the success has been. Whether you know whether that's smart or not. Hey, we again, we all saw how it panned out. So uh, I think it worked out pretty well for me. Uh, Gallagher was not off to a good start here. He missed the first two questions. Uh, or he missed his yeah he missed his first two questions. That's he, now I understand that that doesn't mean that you're buried or anything like that, not by any means. But it's not a good look to have a stumble like that, especially when when it all shook out. Adam Collins wound up with a perfect round. You know, got his bonus nine points right there on his first go, and that's a hell of a stumble. Uh, it looks like I, I went dark there for a second. Sorry if I if I blinked out there for a second. My uh, computer gave me the internet problem, and we'll be talking about internet problems later on. Hopefully that doesn't continue to happen uh, throughout this broadcast. Uh, so, yeah, the, the whole thing with with Adam Collins is he had this kind of collected demeanor that I really liked. Uh, he did, didn't seem like he let anything get to him, and I, I, I dug that about it. So I, I was I was really happy to kind of see him uh, kind of take the lead here. Uh, another thing I want to point out, they finally got a laugh track for Mark Ellis's uh, little comedy uh, slice bit that he always does. I thought that was great because, you know, you don't – anytime that's come up, people haven't been doing it on the virtual. They could. I mean, there are people there, you know, there there are, con, you know, competitors that, that could laugh at it. But it's normally the, the audience that, that laughs when he does that bit. And so I, I thought it was great that they, they got a laugh track uh, specifically for that. Uh, so we get into round number two. Adam spins movie quotes uh, and, you know, respins and lands on movie release dates. Now, movie quotes and movie release dates, I think, are probably the two... 
I know some people will disagree with this, but I think they're probably the two two of the toughest ones, just because of how. Well, with movie quotes, it can be it's it's, it's so broad, obviously, and it can be very obscure. And with movie release dates, you got to be pinpoint perfect when it comes to that stuff. You know, it's like I get really close. I get usually within a year on most of these, but that ain't gonna do you anything. That's not gonna get you any points being within a year. So, uh. And and as you see with this, you know, he doesn't do great with movie release dates. He gets five out of eight points, uh, goes multiple choice twice, and allows uh, uh, Andres to get a steal, a one-point steal here. So, I mean, you know, it's it's not it's not great. It's not terrible. It's not like he only got, like, two points, or it's not like he missed, you know, three questions, or, you know, it's, it's I, I get, it's, it's not as bad as it could have been, but... It's not great. Uh, and <laughs> I say two points, and then we'll see what happens next here. Uh, so Andres spins inner geekdom, and th- during this, Christian makes a comment that uh, this, this slice encompasses all inner geekdom slices, but that next year, all of those slices will be available. Uh, I'm curious as to why he changed his mindset on this. I don't, I'm curious if this was like a conversation between a lot of the, the players um, and the fact that it's taking away some key strengths to certain people and, sent, and turning it into essentially another ma- uh, mixed bag category. And as we see with Andres, he stays. He thought that he thought that he that that he would be okay in this you know what i mean and i'm sure there's a lot of people like oh yeah i'm pretty good at inner geekdom the problem is it it has to go kind of deep because of everything and you don't know what you're gonna get you could land you know maybe you're you're hoping for a marvel or a dc movie but you get an indiana jones maybe that's just not your thing you know what i mean so who knows but he didn't do well here he only got two out of eight points um, went to multiple choice three times, gave up three points in steals. I mean, it's just, he did not do good here. <laughs> you know, he missed all three of those multiple choice questions. And each and every one of them, Adam stole. Luckily for him, he went to multiple choice. He didn't just jump the gun and try to guess and give up two points on, on all of these. But, Man, it, it it he took a big hit here. Even though, like I said, Adam didn't do great. He only got five points. Andres did worse. And he was already down by three points, you know? So with this, it takes uh, Andres down by eight points. Now it's 17 to nine. Adam is up uh, by eight points here. And I mean, that's tough. You can't, I, think, I, don't, I don't know how many people, I, I say this a lot. Uh, because I'm not the stack guy, you know what I mean. Um, I, that, that that's that's Frankie Heelish over there. You know, I am not I'm not the stack guy. Go ask him how many people who've been down by eight, if any, have ever come back and and won a match. I don't know, but I'm sure if there have been, it hasn't been many. So we get into round three. If Adam misses, so we get into this round, and right off the bat, if Adam misses his three or his five. Automatically, it's a TKO. It's just the way it is. Um, he needs both of those, no matter what, because he's eight points down. Uh, 
so he hits his two, which is technically the one that wasn't as important. Now, yes, all points are important because you don't just want to have a tie um, because then you're banking on the other player missing all three other questions and going into uh, sudden death. But, however, he does then miss his three. And here was my question. The question on the screen for uh, his three-point question included the year 2011. If you, Because it shows you on the screen what the question is. And it shows the year. However, Christian does not say the year. And I'm curious if the question that he read like on his document or whatever the hell it is, um, if the year 2011 was included in that. Because if so, I think this may have turned out to be different. Because Andres specifically said uh, Crash from 1994. So if the year 2011 was said, then he would have been like, well, obviously it's not Crash from 1994. Because it's a 2011 movie, you know. So, I'm. I, I. It makes me wonder if Christian changed the reading on the question to give less information. I and I don't know how I feel about that. If that's the case, you know what I mean. Um, no, I mean, I, obviously, if I wasn't, if I didn't read, like, if the 2011 wasn't in there in the first place, uh, and if it wasn't on the screen. Obviously, I wouldn't be saying anything. I, you know, it wouldn't matter because that's the question. But if he's omitting information that's specifically in the question to make it, I guess, less easy for his uh, at his own will, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. So I'm curious what you guys think. If you even caught that, um, if so, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think? That this was something that was okay to do, or or not? Like I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm torn about it, and so uh, I'm curious as to what what you all think. Now with this, Adam wins via TKO. Like I said, seventeen to eleven. Corruption gets three points here because of the TKO. They gain that extra point, and they take the number two spot, pushing uh, the Finstock Exchange down a slot to number three. Uh, after that. Now, this whole week, it just goes, things bounce, bounce around <laughs> throughout this faction standing. It's kind of wild. Uh, but hey, man, it's, it's, it, that's the way the game is played. You never know. It's a real close race, and that's, that's kind of what happens. Um, it's a tough loss for Andres, uh, and another tough loss for the dungeon. I don't, I mean, it's not a good start to this tournament for the dungeon, you know? I don't, I feel bad for Kaiser. Um, mainly because he's, he's trying and I like him, you know, I, I think he's great. I just don't think he was strategically smart during the draft. Um, I think he thought he was being strategically smart during the draft and I just don't think he was, uh, hopefully next year he'll learn from, from some of the mistakes that he made here and, and have a, a better showing. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Alright, so we get into our second match. The next play-in match is Swag's Frank Bam Bam Moran versus The Den's James the Wizard White. Uh, now, obviously, I was rooting for James White here. 
I'm a I'm a big Den fan. I love swag. Don't get me wrong. I love swag. But I don't actually know anything about Frank Murray. I know that he's been in the Schmodown before a few times, whatever. But, like, I've had interactions with James on online and stuff. So, like, I felt a little bit more connected there. Um, and I don't know what it was, but I was, I, I've been rooting for him, you know, since the, the bracket dropped. So, I don't know. Take that as you will, Winston. I'm sorry. I love swag, but I was rooting for, for the den here uh, at this time, so... So, like I said, the Den and, and Swag, they're both fantastic. Uh, Kate and Winston are two of my favorite managers in this league. They're hilarious, bouncing off of one another. You know, it, it's, it's just it's great entertainment to see them working with, with each other. Um, and, and they have done some great stuff, particularly Winston. Uh, he has, before this match started... He was on, I think, a five-win streak with Swag, if I'm not mistaken. Either five or six. I believe it was five. Uh, five wins in a row. No other team had won their five previous five matches. It was just Swag. And there's a reason why Swag was number one coming into this week. They, they've been killing it at the end of the year. So. Now... Unfortunately, this was not a great first round for either player, really. Uh, Frank did pretty decent. James, however, not so much here. And that bummed me out because I was like, man, I was rooting for this guy. Six to four at the end of round one. That, like six, six is okay. That's not elite, you know what I mean? You need at least that seven. Obviously, eight is where you want to be because that's a perfect round. But... Or nine if you get the bonus. But four points. He missed half of his questions, James did. And that's that's tough. Um, that's definitely not where you want to be. And if you think, you know, if, if he was up against, like, an Adam Collins who got a perfect round, that's a five-point deficit right there. Luckily for him, Frank didn't do as good either. And only, so it was only a two-point two uh, drop there, so... Not not as big uh, of a deal. So getting around to Frank spins horror and respins to Francis McDormand movies. Uh, I would have stayed on horror personally, but that's just me. Uh, especially because like Francis McDormand movies, man, I did not do, <laughs> I did not do very good <laughs> on, on in this category. Not not at all. So uh, I, I definitely would have would have stuck with horror for me. Um, and Frank does not do good in, in this category. He he misses half his points. He gets four out of eight, goes to multiple choice three times. Um, missed a, a big one there, uh, gave up a, a steal opportunity. Uh, though he, I will say this, he minimized the possible point loss. Like I said, he went to multiple choice three times. You know, he didn't just jump the gun, which is good. And he was able to get two of those. Uh but he did give up a one-point steal. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's tough. You know, you have an okay an okay for round one, but then you tank out round two. It's, it, that's, that's not something you want to see uh, here. Now, this, this one here, we got James spinning comic book movies. Now, here's my question. The previous match, you have inner geekdom as a slice. And the whole thing about Inner Geekdom is that all of those categories 
are in this one. So why in the fuck is comic book movies its own slice all of a sudden? Like, pretty sure comic book movies is inner geekdom. Now, maybe not that specific comic book movies as a slice, but like, all of those movies that would be in the comic book movie slice are in the inner geekdom. Whether they're in a specific slice, like a DC or an MCU or DCEU or Marvel, or they're in mixed bag, or who said it, you know, or movie release dates. Those, all of those movies are in there somewhere. They're, they're, that's just a fact. So I was really surprised to see that category there. You know, because the inner geekdom players have been kind of complaining a little bit that it's that it's, it's just inner geekdom as a category. But if comic book movies is an option, then just do that. If you're if like if you're looking for Marvel or DC movies, just pick comic book movies. Now, yes, it's still not as specific as those. But you're not going to get Indiana Jones in there. You're not going to get Harry Potter in there. You're not going to get Lord of the Rings in there. You're going to get comic book movies. Now, it may be, you may get a Dark Horse movie in there. You may get, like, a Hellboy. Uh, you know, you may get Ninja Turtles. You know what I mean? But it still narrows it down a bit. And I think, like, if that's an option, that just, t- people need to start going with it. Otherwise, I, I don't understand why it was, was an option. Um, so, James respun this one. Uh, he said he felt comfortable enough with comic book movies but that there were some better slices. Now, if you feel comfortable... Now, okay, so I was like, this is what you gotta look at. Your competitor, your opponent, just lost half of his points, and you got a steal. Okay, so you're already up one. Which means that there's only a five-point gap here going, going in, you know what I mean? And so, you don't need a ton... You know what I mean? You just need enough to get yourself back up. You know, five points to tie the game. Three points without giving away any steals to get back to where you were. Now, if you felt comfortable enough with comic book movies, then the safe bet should have been to stay with it. You know, uh, I, that's fully what I what I think. Let me know uh, what you guys think. Hop in the comments or or hop on over to Twitter. Would you have stuck if, if you felt comfortable enough with this category? Would you have stuck with it, or would you have taken a chance because there are some better slices? Because there's also some worse slices, as we see here, as he respins and lands on Nora Ephron. Again, tough category. You know what I mean. Unless you really know know their movies, tough, tough category. And obviously James not as well-versed and Nora Ephron as he only got three out of eight points. Uh, missing uh, two questions here. Did go to multiple choice uh, twice, but he gave up a two-point steal at the end. You know, a total of three points in steals. So he got three points, but then he gave away three points. And so it's like, I mean, it's essentially it nullified that whole round for him. 
You know, he was five points down going into his spin. And he's still five points down because he completely nullified that round. And I think, honestly, I think it's because he spun away. I really do. You know, if you think you're comfortable enough, especially when your opponent had a, a rough round and you're you're still close, he should have stuck with it. You know, unfortunately, though, he did not. And that's what happened. And neither of these good these guys are doing particularly good here. You know, we're in round two, and it's 13 to 8. That's not good, man. <laughs> you know, you got a total of possibility of 17 points. Now, Frank's not doing terrible, but that's mainly because he got three points in steals. You know, let's say he didn't get any of those steals. Then he'd have 10 points of his own points out of a possible 17. So, I mean... This this kind of gameplay won't get you far in this tournament, in this league, really. So uh, this is something they they got to really hit the books hard uh, if they want to stay in this league, take it to the next level, and, and keep on competing. All right, so we get into, into round number three. James hits his two and his three, which prevents the TKO. So, I mean, he stepped up his game right here in, in number three, uh, and it tied the game. So it's 13 to 13 at this point. Frank goes on. He hits his two, which forces James to hit his five. And he fucking pulls out Catherine O'Hara. Uh, I believe this was the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas question. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh shit, I know this. I know this. it's Catherine something. And I'm I'm sitting there, like almost as long as he is, just racking my brain trying to pull O'Hara out of somewhere um and i finally am able to pull it out and then he he finally grabs it and i was like yes <laughs> i was so fucking pumped to see james hit that question uh he had to use all his jtes but he got there he even he even talked about um he's like he's like i'm pretty sure it's Catherine o'hara but he was like i know she played a different character and it's one of the the three uh, kids in the movie. It's uh, there's there's Lock, Shock, and Barrel, and she plays one of them. And I can never remember which one is which, and 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 so I know she plays one of those. She vo voices one of those characters uh, while also voicing Sally, and so I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That he like he had it. He thought it was that, but he was he was unsure if he was right because he's like, I know that Catherine O'Hara played this other character, and he's like. But did she? But he's like, I think she also played Sally. But he, so he was like second guessing himself. But I'm glad that he took his time, used all his JTEs, and and came out with that guess right at the last minute. Uh, you know, because he wanted, to, like, he wasn't sure. And he's like, well, if this is all I can think of, if I'm gonna get it wrong, I'm gonna get it wrong. But I'm not gonna not answer it. So I'm glad. I'm real glad that he did. Frank goes on to uh, miss his three. All right, so that then forces him to to go for his five, and man, he misses his five. Oh, it's heartbreaking for people who are rooting for him. But this was a holy shit moment for me, and probably for anybody else who was rooting for James White because he was down five points going into this, and that is not easy. That's almost always a death sentence when it comes. To this game. But from a five point deficit. To a win. 
dude. What? <laughs> like, what? I just, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't believe what I saw. It was amazing. 18, I think it's 18 to 15 is what, is what it wound up being. Oh my goodness. 18 to 15, the Den gets two points here. This was an, inc- the match itself, not very good. But it was an incredible finish. I, I don't know uh, if there's some sort of award for that. Maybe moment. I don't even know. Upset of the year could almost be. Uh, it could almost be a nominee for that. Just because, like, uh, I, I don't know. Comeback moment of the year. I don't even think. Like, it, was, it was something special. I really enjoyed it. So uh, Let me know what you guys thought. Uh, so, now with this win, James enters the tournament. You know, just like Adam. Uh, Adam will go on, uh, and now so will James be in the main uh, portion of the Ultimate Schmodown Singles Tournament. Uh, and this right here is the first uh, loss for swag in six matches. Like, that's that, that had to be a hard one. I mean, I know how invested Winston gets in this. You know, how emotional he can get as well. And I, I am sure that this was a tough loss. You know, they've been on this big winning streak, you know, sitting at number one, and this would have pushed them farther up, you know, away from number two. But unfortunately, it just wasn't Swag's day. You know, it's just, that's just the way it is. They'll have more opportunities coming down the road, though. So, all right. So, now we get into the last playing match for the uh, for last week. It's not the last playing match total. But it's the last one for, for, for last week, as uh, we there will be one more this week. I believe it's actually tomorrow is when the uh, the last one is. But this week we had Lady Justice, Marisol McKee, versus Bonnie the Smoke Show Somerville. We've got Corruption, uh, again, versus the Burning Droogs here. Uh, rookie versus, I guess you could say she's a veteran. She's played three matches. <laughs> uh, however, she's lost all three matches. Bonnie is 0-3 coming into this match. Uh, Marisol is a rookie. So, I mean, it's almost... You can almost say it's even ground. The difference is... Marisol seems to understand the game. Whereas Bonnie, who's been here for... Like I said, she she's three matches over the last... Six years, I think. Uh, I just... And she's still... I mean, I understand the game has changed a lot. Since that first year she was there. But... Come on. Like, after that loss against Brett earlier this year... You'd think she would have been studying up. Learning the game. Watching game tape. You know, making sure you understand how to play not just under not just being able to answer questions but understanding how to actually play the game because uh, that was a big problem that that she had during, during this one so um i will say this though she lives up to that nickname man bonnie is smoking hot i i'm just that's all that's all there is she definitely is uh the smoke show <laughs> uh now 
uh, something that popped out to me, and I've noticed this a few times with some different competitors. Um, most of the time, the competitors come out to their factions' music. I've noticed, but I'm pretty sure Bonnie came out to her own music, which I was a little confused by, because even bigger players have been coming out. Now we'll see later on. Uh, Dan Merle comes out to his own. He doesn't come out to like like the Finstock Exchange music or anything like that. Um, but I just I don't know. It seemed weird. It seemed like a weird choice. But hey, I, I, I don't make up. I don't make the rules. So that's all, Christian. I don't make the rules. It ain't my league. <laughs> all right. So I want to know if Shannon and Bonnie's heat is legit. If, you know, is it a shoot? Is it work? Because, man, if it's if if it's all the work, bravo, because it was good, man. They you could feel it coming through the screen. I, I I felt it's like it's like when your parents are fighting, you know, and you're sitting there in the corner, super uncomfortable, not knowing what to do. It felt like that a little bit, you know. Where uh, it I, it just felt real uncomfortable, uh, and like if they were in person, that one of them might have slapped the other in the face. I I don't know. And but the last thing I want to say before getting into this round is Marisol's confidence and attitude, even before the match starts, was incredible. Uh, th- this is so I'll I'm sure I'll say this again. This is someone to 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 look out for. Like really is. Alright, so we get into round number one, and it's obvious right off the bat that Bonnie does not understand how to play this game. It's it's clear as day that she has no real idea of what she's doing. She's just there, answering questions, having a good time, like it was back in the day. But that's not how this game goes anymore, you know? that's It's just not how it is, and you can tell... At, at points, Christian getting real kind of peeved about it, which I'm sure I'll mention later on. Um, Marisol has impeccable handwriting, I noticed. Uh, and, and I made this note, Roca should get tutored by her in handwriting because it's fantastic. <laughs> um, and I know that I've, you know, I've been kind of ragging a bit on, on Bonnie for, for not understanding the game, but she did do better. This this game uh, than she than she has before and that I in general expected she would, but Marisol killed it. The perfect round here. Uh, she did miss the bonus, which was about uh, the greatest showman, but I think it was a, a I want to say it was a scores and soundtrack kind of it was like about music. But uh, you know, eight to five coming out of round one. Hey, that's a damn good start. And like I did not expect. Bonnie to get five points. Just saying. Didn't expect it. Uh, getting around to Shannon. Such a phenomenal manager. You know, just just the way that she talks to her competitors. She she has a game plan. Uh, she's able to motivate them. She she gets right to business with it. I, I love Shannon as manager. I was real skeptical when it was announced that she was going to be a manager for the season. Because... She'd hung around, but we hadn't seen anything from her. We had no idea what to expect, but holy shit. 
the corruption queen over here. My God, she's fantastic. One of my faves. I, I just, I, I give it up to Shannon. She's fantastic. All right, so we get into into it. Marisol spins two thousands and stays. I was a little shocked there. I was like two thousands. Wow. Okay. Interesting category to stick with. She does okay. Not not great. Five out of eight here. Two multiple choice. Uh, does give away a one point steal. Bonnie actually got a steal here, man. Uh, it was a bit of a rough ending, but she did minimize her losses smartly. We've seen that throughout all of these um, playing matches. You know, the players minimizing their their point loss because they understand how to play the game. The difference here, we don't see that in the next round or in the next uh, spin, I guess you say. Uh, so for, bon- for Bonnie here. Bonnie spins Tim Burton. Uh, spins away, goes and lands on Meryl Streep. Now, I was so bummed. We have that that comedy laugh track. Why don't we have a freaking Meryl Streep soundbite? Somebody lands on Meryl Streep, you hit the button. Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep. It's like three, maybe just say three times. Bam. Ah oh, man, I missed it. It would have been so awesome. But yep, so she lands on Meryl Streep. Four out of eight points. She gets. Two questions right, two questions wrong. Problem is, she does not go to multiple choice on either of them. She gives up four points in steals. Four points. Like, (laughs) what were you thinking? (laughs) I just like, ah, my goodness. It's just, her lack of knowledge about gameplay is what hurt her here, and it, it was hurting me pers- on a personal level. Just like watching her play, it was one of the hardest matches that I've ever had to watch. And that Frank Moran and James White match was not a very good match, but at least the guys they knew how to play the game. They're just they're getting some rough questions for them for their own knowledge. Bonnie, on the other hand, she she jumped at the second question. Maybe she really thought that you know she was right, but she wasn't. And then for the fourth question, she just ran out the clock instead of asking for multiple choice. Like, and I've seen this back in the day. It's it's rare that you see it anymore. I've seen Matt do this. Uh, I've seen Alonzo do this because they don't quite know the game that well. Like they they, they just answer questions. You know, they don't necessarily care. About the actual gameplay. And that's what we got here. We got her tr- thinking, trying to get to it. Uh, 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 and then the clock ran out, and she's still going, like, wait, no, I, I got it. It's, uh, uh. And no, it was done. And it hurt to watch. It really did. But, you know, Marisol comes out ahead 17 to 10 uh, after this round. Um, I will say this. I really like that Marisol's not a cocky player. You know, she got huge steals. Four points in steals. And had a seven-point lead coming out of this. But she never mocked or, po- or poked at Bonnie. And I, and I really like that. You know, it's not like fucking Chandru fucking poking the bear against Smets. You know what I mean? She had respect. And, and I really, really like that about her. Alright, so we get into round number three. Bonnie has to answer all of her questions. Or Marisol wins it via TKO. That's just, you know, 
unfortunately, when you're down that far, you have to go through all of your questions. Because in order to get seven points, you have to get to your five and answer it. It's just the way it is. You have to either get your two and your five or three and your five in order to stay in the game or all three. She hits her two, but then she misses her three. Now, it's not devastating because she had, she can still get her five. Uh, and if she she could get her five, then she at least is still in it. And she pulls it out at the last second. And I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, holy shit. What just happened here? <laughs> However, Marisol only had to get her two-pointer. And she got that easily. Winning this match 19-17. to 17. Getting two points for corruption. Now this is something like 17 points I think is the most that Bonnie's ever scored in a match. So she definitely has upped her game a bit. Uh, so I'm I'm happy that she's at least done that. Her knowledge base has grown. She just needs to up her gameplay knowledge. Watch, you know, the last... I'd say watch season six and seven matches for gameplay style. You know what I mean? Um... Because it really got more intense during during these the actual gameplay, and a lot of the, that's where a lot of the the rules that are there now are set, you know. And so I really think that's what she has to do if she wants to come back in season eight, is to really study the game, not just the questions, not just fi- you know trying to answer questions, but to actually study the game. But Marisol only missed two questions here total. That's pretty fantastic, I thought. Uh, Corruption takes first place with this win. Uh, this is incredible. They went from last place all the way up to first place. And that is something special, man. Uh, I could see, especially, think if, if they win this whole thing. Just, uh, just think. If they win this whole thing, you got a, a last place team winning the whole year. That's a documentary right there, and I would totally like to see that, you know. It'd be fantastic. Uh, Marisol will now enter the tournament and go face-to-face with one Paul Oyama. So that should be interesting. All right. So now it is time for the Schmodown Throwdown. That's right. Shazam versus Final Exam and Dan Merle versus Ethan Irwin. It's 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 going down and it's going down right now. So first off, we had this match right here: Final Exam versus Shazam, Swag versus the Quirky Mercs. So you know, Swag gets another opportunity here to try to make up some ground uh, after what happened uh, in, in earlier in the week. Um, and so. Even though the stats may not be representative of this, I think that Coy is still a great manager. Obviously, you look at someone like like Winston Marshall, you know, who's taken his team to the top, and he obviously he's a great manager. But people slack on on Coy. I think Coy he brings something special uh, to his managerial style. You know what I mean? And just because. He's low on the list in the rankings. Doesn't mean he's, he's a bad manager by any means. I think he's fantastic, and I hope that we get to see 
the the quirky mercs really rise up uh, in in this in this whole faction standings. I really hope to see them get up there. Whether they'll be able to get to the top, I don't know. But I'd love to see them get into the top five, even you know, just somewhere. Get up past that midpoint, you know. I think it'd be I think it'd be nice. There are some pretty on point team uh, entrances here, and I mean it's Shazam for crying out loud. So I wouldn't expect any less. Uh, it was great, and Lon's for you know for final example, Lon's character work is incredible, man. Incredible. Him as the delinquent, I didn't like him really as the professor, but him as the delinquent. Yes, this is freaking gold right here, man. It's good, good stuff. I love it. All right, so we're getting to round number one. A whole lot of shitty internet happening, particularly from uh, Bibbs and Paul Oyama. A little bit from Lon, uh, and we'll see later on a little bit from uh, uh, from Brendan as well. But just like just shitty internet all around for this match. I don't know what the hell was going on with these guys. Um. So, you know, they kind of go through the match, and we get down to question number eight, which is the one I want to talk about real quick. And this is the one about uh, the, the Minions movie. Uh, and it pretty much says something like, you know, what's, what despicable, what's the name of the Despicable Me spinoff and prequel or something something like that. It has all that in there. Um, and I think that that gave way too much Way too much information. Saying Despicable Me spinoff and prequel. Now, if you had said just, you know, what, if it had just been like, what film in the Despicable Me franchise, you know what I mean? Had, because, oh, it was, I think the question was, uh, what animated film, they may have included the year, included these three characters. And it was the name of the three the lead minions from the from minions and like i got it right away before they even got to the despicable me spinoff and prequel there's literally only one despicable me spinoff slash prequel that's it they literally you didn't need the you didn't need uh what movie has these three characters all you had to do was say name the despicable me spinoff slash prequel and then if you don't get minions, then I don't know what your problem is. Like, I really don't... I don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Um, I think it was a giveaway. And I, I just... I just, I didn't like how it was written. You know, sorry to PJ and Abby Friel and whoever else is out there writing questions. But uh, that one? Way too much information. Way too much information. Yeah, I was not a, I was not a fan of that. But, you know, whatever. Uh, Bibbs gets a perfect round here and nails his bonus, you know, and this is why I have put a lot of faith in that man over the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, I, I have him going the distance in the singles tournament. So here, here's hoping. And I'll probably, if, if Shazam winds up in the, uh, teams tournament, you know, barring them not getting the titles when the time comes, uh, I'll have, I'll probably be rooting for them to go the whole way for that as well. So we end round one, 15 to 12 in favor of Shazam, getting to round two. Shazam defers, and final exam spins John Hughes movies and respins and lands on Sly and Arnie. Uh, they 
do pretty good here. Um, they get 9 out of 12 points. It's pretty good. Uh, technically, their last question's answer um, was... Okay, so this is this is going back to that whole um, inner geekdom match, the championship match, that whole challenge about the... So the surrogates versus the surrogates. Um, final exam answers last stand for the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. The movie is called The Last Stand. Now, I'm not 100% sure what the fucking rule is because it's not fucking out there for me to see. You know what I'm saying? Um, It could be that if it's got more than... If it's got the followed by more than one word, so it's, it's the last stand, so it's got two words, that you don't need the word the, which personally, I think is fucking stupid. You either need it, or you fucking don't. You know what I mean? It, 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 I just, I hate it. It really, this, this fucking rules bullshit pisses me off so goddamn much, I'm tired of it. We see one thing happen in the next fucking match. We see it essentially fucking contradicted. And I'm getting so tired of it. Luckily, it didn't fucking matter. But the big problem here is that with these virtual matches, Shazam can't challenge. Now, yes, technically, uh, Koi can challenge. However, there's a reason why most of these people are managers. They're not great at the movie, actual movie trivia part. Some of them are, like a Sam Levine, you know. But a lot of them really aren't. They used to play, and then they don't anymore. There's a reason for that. Um, and so the fact that Brendan and Bibbs are not there to be like, hmm, we might want to challenge that because the movie is called The Last Stand, not Last Stand. They can't, because they don't get to hear any of that. So as far as they know, they just got the question right. You know, and ah, that's the one big thing that I dislike about the way the team... And I don't I don't see any other way to do it. I mean, realistically, I don't think there is. You know, so it's really it's just me venting about it, you know. It's just venting my frustration with, with this. So I don't need Christian fucking coming on here and be like, we'll start your own fucking league. I, I don't need that. I'm not saying that you're doing it wrong. You know, it's just that I don't, I just, I wish there was some other way to figure it out, to, to, to do this. I just, I don't know what else, what else to do about it. I just, if you guys have been having the same issue, please let me know. I, I would love to hear your thoughts right down there at movie blog, Merc, hashtag talking schmodown, uh, T-A-L. K-I-N, Schmodown. Leave that G out. Get that G the fuck out of here. We don't need it. <laughs> Alright. So, Shazam goes, and she yeah, they spin westerns. And they're like, nah, we're not feeling westerns. So, they respin and land on Clint Eastwood, which, I mean, it's in that realm. You know, you got, you got some, but you got, you got more than just westerns with Clint Eastwood. So, you know, I think it definitely narrows it down there for them. And, you know, they don't do quite as, as well as final, as final exam. But, uh, 
they also had a decent lead, so it didn't necessarily matter as much. Um, they so they got eight out of eight out of twelve points, and I. The thing about their round, they were trying real hard to get that last question. They went to multiple choice, and then they used up their last two repeats on this. And I don't think it was a smart idea. Now again, it didn't cost them the match not having these repeats. But it could have. You never know. You never know. They didn't get the question right anyway, so it, it'd be different if they wasted these repeats and then got it, but they didn't. And so I think that they should have just like they like they knew it was between these two, and they're going back and forth and really, really trying, really struggling to decide which one. And it's like just fucking decide, pick one. Um, and the other thing was, uh, Brendan kept like. I mean, I don't think he—I don't think he was being a dick by any means. I think it's just excitement, you know. And that's his personality. He likes to jump in, and, and but he was like stepping over over Bibbs, um, because th- at the beginning they they said they made the statement that Bibbs would be the one giving the final answer, and there were times, a couple of times, where Brendan would like overstep and do it himself, you know. And I'm just like, ah, kid, you got. I gotta call him a notch because that can hurt you in the long run, and we've seen it hurt him before. So we'll see. Uh, we get into round number three. Uh, Paul ties it up with his two pointer. Uh, then Bibbs takes dance movies after some discussion. It seemed like um, Brendan just he, he wasn't confident in his own ability, and we've seen that before. Uh, he he feels like he is less. He is not. He feels like Bibbs is superior to him. You know what I mean? And so he would rather lose two points than lose three points instead of, like, that's the way he sees it. He sees it as, you know, well, I'll probably miss it. So you just might as well just give the two-pointer to me. But it's a good thing that they don't because Bibbs gets his two-pointer. And he says later on that he didn't know the three. Uh, and I don't think that Brendan knew the two. I believe, I'm pretty sure that they, they've mentioned that. Um, so Bibbs does get the two-pointer. Uh, and then Lon answers his three. So it's just, it's just kind of bouncing back and forth, bouncing back and forth. Um, finally comes back over to uh, Brendan, and he hits that three. Like I said, you know, he was so... He was shooting himself down so much that he just... I don't know, man. He, he's got he's got to have more confidence in himself because he got it. You know, he did not lose three points. He got it, man. He kept them up in the ranks, uh, and actually, it, it getting that going that order wins them the game because they would because Bibb said he did not know it, and they would have lost that game. It's just the way it is. Uh, so he he gets that three, and it forces final exam. To go for their five. Uh, they get close. But they miss out on that five. Now I say that it would have lost them the game. And actually because they still had a five pointer that they could have answered. You never know. But it they may have lost the game if they had switched it around. But 
Um, right here, uh, like I said, Final Exam misses their five, so Shazam wins 29 to 27. Uh, two points here for the Mercs, uh, pushes them from last place up to sixth. That's a big win, man. Two points shot them up to sixth place. That's, that's pretty damn good, I have to say. Uh, I'm really excited to see, uh, the Mercs getting back up there, and, and, uh, I think we'll see some good stuff from them throughout this, these two tournaments. Uh, you could see, like I said earlier, that Christian getting so very aggravated with all of these internet issues. Like, <laughs> this is like the first time that we've really had this much issue with internet stuff. So, it was bad. But luckily, for the next match, for the final match of the week, that was not the case. And that match is Dangerous Dan Merle versus Big Time. Ethan Irwin. This is match number three, the rubber match. They're one and one against each other, and now it's time to find out who is the true champion between these two. Uh, and we do find out here in one fucking hell of a match. Okay, so we get into round one. Dan stumbles early on, but he gets lucky at the end when Ethan misses uh, in animation. So it ends seven to six uh, for Ethan uh, in the lead. That's hey man. Sometimes it happens, but Dan got lucky. It could have been nine to six, and that's not where you'd want to be. So he got he got he got lucky here. He did. He definitely did. Um, Ethan spins movie release dates in round two, respins uh, and lands on Spike Lee. Now, I don't. I'm assuming. That he they spun away from movie release dates because it it's a tricky one. You got to really know your movie release dates to, to really dominate in that. You got to be a Scott Mans or a Ben Bateman. You really do. And here he did not do great. Four out of eight points. Uh, he had to go to multiple choice once. Uh, two misses here. Gave up. Uh, luckily for him, Dan didn't get. The fourth question, which was would have been a two-point steal, luckily for him. Uh, but Dan did get a one-point steal here. Now, there, there is one, I believe it was, um, and I don't like that the movie We Cut Heads was an option here. It's the question that, uh, that Ethan, or the answer that Ethan says, and that is because this was Spike Lee's NYU thesis film. This wasn't like a... I, I don't think that that should even have been on that list. Like that... It, it came... It was his first film. But it was his NYU thesis film. You know what I mean? So it's almost like a trick question. You know? And I think that's kind of fucked up. I mean, I'm calling PJ and Abby and whoever the fuck made this question out. I do not think that that should have been in there. I think that if that had not been there, if, you know, he went for multiple choice. And because he heard that, he's like, well, We Cut Heads was his first movie. The fact that it's a fucking option, it shouldn't have been there. Like, you don't put fucking short films and shit like that. A fucking student film shouldn't be there either. I, I, it's, it, I do not like that at all. Um, and I'm calling you guys out on that one. 
You know, I I rarely call out the writers, but that that's fucked up. It should not have happened. It should not have happened at all. And I would have fucking challenged that shit. Just saying. So Dan spins and lands on uh, courtroom legal thrillers. Uh, now I noticed something that they uh, from the last time I remember this being on there. I th- I want to say it was either the Dan versus Ethan match, or maybe it was the final exam versus the Pride match. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, with that, which one of the, I think it was one of those that had this category on the wheel, and the word legal was spelled wrong, and I pointed it out during the show. Uh, it was spelled L E A G A L, like they are starting to spell the word league, and then turned it into legal. But I noticed that they fixed the spelling here, and it's it's actually spelled correctly. So I, I rock on. <laughs> that made me happy to see. Uh, but he respun because that's a weird category. It's probably really broad. It's you have no idea what to expect from it. So, ooh. Uh, and landed on uh, sci- fantasy sci-fi. Does okay, not great. Five out of eight points here. Two multiple choice, one miss. Gives up a one point steal. And because of all of this hoopla, they tie the game here. Twelve to twelve. These two just battling it out, man. Uh, just killing it. Not not doing f- like amazing when I say killing it. Not like doing amazing, but like just staying in tune with one another. These guys are elite players on the same level, and they're getting some tough questions here. So I, I really, I actually am really liking that they're able to kind of stay head to head with this. So then we get into round three, which is the betting round, because this being a title match is a five round match. So they spin the category of movie release dates, uh, and they, so they put their wagers in. Ethan wagers one point. Uh, I guess he he was trying to be conservative here because it's movie release dates. You never you never know. Um, Dan went with two. Dan and Finstock had a little uh, code. It's like, uh, are, are you thinking January? And Dan was like, uh, I'm, I'm thinking either April or May. And so, like, they assign, obviously, uh, he chooses May. So, obviously, May was two. Um, and I don't know if uh, April was one or three. April, January, whichever one of them was one and which one was three. But uh, they obviously, they had they had this cool little code. And they said that that's something that they're, that they're probably going to do. But they're, that code will never be the same. Which, I, that's, that's awesome. I just thought it was fantastic. Uh, so the question for this was Top Gun was released in what year? Answer being 1986, and they both hit it. They're both like, oh, shit, we should have bet more points. That was easy. <laughs> uh, so Dan finally takes the lead here, 14 to 13. He starts, starts uh, with a deficit, climbs his way up to tie, and now he's in the lead. So we get into round number four, which is the new speed round. Uh, I think this. I think they call this the round robin uh, speed round, as opposed to the buzzer round. Uh, so Dan deferred because he had the option of going first. He deferred, so Ethan will go now. Go first. Ethan answered all ten of his questions after passing once, and got all ten correct. This is, I believe, the very first time we've seen that. We've seen people get close, but this is the first time we've seen someone get all. 10 questions 
and then get them all correct. It's just it, it shows you the level that we're working with here with Ethan Irwin. Um, and it also shows just how much not having the buzz around takes away the champion advantage. You know what I mean? So um, Dan goes up and he answers nine after passing three separate times. Uh, and he, but he gets all nine that he answered correct. So he didn't lose any points. Nine points right there. Uh, keeping this game tied again. Because leaving, like I said, leaving round three, Dan was up. He finally got that lead. He was up by one. But because Ethan got one point more during the speed, or yeah, during the speed round, they're back to a tie. 23 to 23. This game is just fucking incredible. It's incredible. What they've done. It's just, I, I couldn't believe how fantastic of a match this was. Uh, so we get into round five. Ethan gets his two and his three, but he misses his five. And I have to say this. On his last question, he never actually requested a JTE. He asked if he still had one, but he never said he wanted to use it. Though Christian did it, like, Christian... Used it anyways. He gave him the repeat instead of buzzing him out and saying, well, you, you didn't ask for the repeat and you didn't answer the question in time. So, bleh. I mean, it didn't matter. He didn't get it right anyways. But like, I don't care if, you know, if, if, if you're friends with this guy, if it's a championship match, all he did was say, do I have any, or he either said, do I have any repeats left, or how many repeats do I have left? Something along those lines. Christian told him, and he's like, and then he never said, okay, I want to I want to use it. Never said that. So, I just, I, that kind of stuff bothers me. It, and it's, it's, over time has bothered me more and more, as pretty much every week, we come across some sort of rule inconsistency, and it's become a bigger deal, even with players. Like you hear on on like backstage a lot now, they're talking about it, and so it bothers me more and more. And so I pretty much talk about it every week now because it keeps happening. And this is another kind of a thing where it's like he didn't ask for it, so he shouldn't have gotten one. Like you gave him a freebie essentially. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they they caught like they counted it. You know, they, they took it away from him, but and it didn't matter because it was the last question, anyways. But he shouldn't have gotten it at all. Shouldn't have mattered. He shouldn't have been given that opportunity to answer when he didn't ask for it. I'm just saying. Uh, so Dan then goes on and he also answers his two and three, but misses his five. So again, it's fucking tied. 28 to 28. These guys are just battling it out right here. And this shows you right here every single point matters you know if if ethan hadn't gotten that final question in round one incorrect he would have won this game if if ethan had bet two points in round three he would have won this game if dan had answered one of the two questions that he missed or you know anything because like they missed a chunk of questions in round two like a lot of points were given up if something was one single point was different 
on either side, we would have had a winner right here, and there would have been no sudden death. Right here. This is why I always say every single point matters. So, so we get into sudden death, man, and they go five rounds deep. Uh, they, so they both answer the, the the first question. Like they both get it correct. Then they go on to question number two, and they both get it wrong. I was like, oh shit, they're getting them right and they're getting them wrong together. I was like, damn. So, and then we get to question number five, and Dan hits it. And Ethan isn't able to pull it out. And Dan wins this match 32-31. to 31. I was like, holy fucking shit. I was like ripping my fucking hair out how tense this goddamn match was. It was, it's, it was insane. It was so insane. Three points for the Finstock Exchange. Uh, ties it up with corruption. Um, now, I, I have to, I'd have to go back and double check last week's faction standings. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. But I was under the impression that if you play in a title match, both sides get points. So and so I have to go back and, and double check. I'm honestly not sure. Did uh, the usual suspects get that one point that that they were supposed to? I don't know if that rule changed. Again, rules. I don't know. I don't know anywhere to find the the draft faction, all this stuff. The the set rules for the for this for the gameplay of season seven, for the faction gameplay of season seven. There needs to be that. So it's like okay, these matches get these points with TKOs. You get this amount of points. Like I don't know where to find that. If there's some place out there that has that information, that's like written down. In a nice space. It should be on the fucking website. On the schmodownlive.com. I don't know why it's fucking not. But it should be. But if you know someplace that has it. Uh, please drop that link in on my Twitter. Because I, I, I really like it. To be honest with you. Um, maybe somebody like repeat the question has it. I don't know. They, they they do real good shit on that website. So maybe they have it. I mean you'll have to dig around their website. And see if they have it. Uh, but if somebody knows. Just drop it down in, in, in my Twitter please. At uh, movieblogmerk. Uh, you know, you can use the hashtag, uh, talk to one. Yeah, honestly, you don't have to for that one. Uh, I'll get it anyways. I'll get the notification no matter what. So, but yeah, I just, I need, man, I just need to freaking know. It's ridiculous. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I, it, I don't understand why it's nowhere easily accessible, but whatever. Um, then Roka joined the stream, uh, after and confirmed that he is in the tournament. Last week he said he was about 90%. Well, I think it was on um, Schmodown uh, backstage. He said that he was about 90% sure that he was going to be in the tournament. He was he was still deciding. Uh, because of everything that happened with that Ethan match, you know, it really rocked him. But he came on, he said he is in 100%. And he will be facing off against uh, a winner from this past week, Adam Collins, in uh, in, in their match. So that's going to be some good stuff. So, And speaking of the tournament, now we can show the bracket. Here we are. We've got Adam Collins winning his match. We've got 
James White and Marisol McKee winning their matches. So they will all move on. Uh, so James White will face off against William Bibiani. Sorry, James White. But I got Bibiani going all the way, so you're you're out of here for me. <laughs> Marisol will, like I said before, is going up against Paul Oyama. I think that could be a real interesting uh, matchup. I, th I think it'll be fairly even keeled. I'm actually pretty excited to see that. Um, not, and then so with Ethan losing this match, uh, Ethan will be in the tournament on the right side of the bracket, and that means that Roca will be on the right side of the bracket. So that puts Adam Collins facing off against John Roca. And because Ethan, because Dan won the title, that means that Sabrina Ramirez is now in the, the, uh, the play in match. Uh, and Jen Kemp is out of the tournament completely. So Sabrina will face off against Vinnie Mancuso. That is tomorrow, Wednesday. And whoever wins that will then face off against Ethan Irwin. And I am sorry <laughs> to whoever, whichever of the two of you faces off against Ethan. I am sorry. But I'll say this. If you beat Ethan Irwin, that will be a major upset. And you will have some big clout right there just because of that. So keep that in mind. Uh, yeah, so there you go. You can look at the bracket here. We got some good stuff coming up. Uh, I'm pretty excited for it. I hope you guys are too. Uh, I also want to take a look at the uh, faction standings real quick. So uh, down at the bottom, we got the Burning Droogs and the Usual Suspects uh, at the bottom, pretty much tied, uh, both with nine points. Then we got the Dungeon sitting at 11th. The Quirky Mercs, who moved their way up to 6th place, also with 11. The difference is they have one more win over the Dungeon. So they uh, they actually took that 6th place spot. Then we've got the Rockstars with 12 points in number five in the 5th spot. Number 4 is the Den, sitting pretty with 17. But then we've got the top 3. who uh, The difference between 3rd and 4th place is 14 points. It's huge, man. It's massive. So we got Swag, sitting pretty with 31 points. Then we have Corruption and the Finstock Exchange right now, uh, both with 32. I think the only reason that Finstock gets that number one spot is because they've got two more KOs. If you look... Corruption and Finstock Exchange both have 17 matches played, 11 wins, 6 losses. The only difference in stats here is the KOs. You know, that's really that's it. Just the KOs. So, uh this is a this is a barn burner right here between these three. I I am excited to uh to see uh you know how, how all of that uh kind of shakes out. It's getting wild. All right. So, now, if you thought this week was jam-packed full of matches, five big matches, man, just wait until you see next week, or technically this week. The week we are in right now is what I'll be talking about next week. But right here, seven matches this week. Two have already dropped. We've got Lon Harris versus uh, Sabina Graves, uh, which was aired on Monday. 
Paul Preston versus Eric Zipper, which aired earlier today. So be sure to check both of those out right now on uh, the YouTube channel. Then tomorrow on Wednesday, we've got two matches. We've got uh, Vinny Mancuso versus uh, Sabrina Ramirez, Jader Paramo versus Jim Vaveda. And then on Thursday, Brendan Meyer versus Alonzo Duralde. Uh, so that's getting us right into uh, round one of the tournament. We got uh, the last play-in match on Wednesday, on Wednesday, and we've had four. We'll have had four uh, round one matches uh, throughout this week. And then on Friday, we've got another Schmodown throwdown. This time, it's an all-teams Schmodown throwdown. Starting off with Shazam versus Who's the Boss in a number one contender match for the team's title. And then capping everything off with a fantastic main event, the Founding Fathers versus Corruption for the titles. That's going to be... Some fantastic stuff. I mean, we get to see this right here. That's right. Founding Fathers versus Corruption. It's going to be awesome. And then whoever uh, wins that undercard will face off against the, the champions. Um, I'm not sure if that'll happen the week after next. Uh, because we have another big Schmodown throwdown happening next week. That's right. We've got Chris Jericho versus Kevin Smith. And speaking of Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith was on uh, SEN Live uh, earlier today, today being Tuesday, so be sure to check out SEN Live to see uh, Kevin Smith uh, on there. August 28th, Kevin Smith versus Chris Jericho with the undercard of Guy versus Bateman 2, the rematch. Will the digital wheel screw Guy again? Well, the one thing uh, that he can be safe in knowing is that he most likely won't get hit by a chair. But you never know. He is in his own house. And honestly, if I think I think their best option here. If Guy loses. Honestly, fuck it. I don't even care if Guy wins or loses. It doesn't to me, it doesn't fucking matter. Somebody needs to be off set. Like off camera with a chair just waiting. And then whatever happens, they come in and just blast him with a chair. It would be awesome. Awesome. Have it fucking be Roka. Come on. How fucking great would that be? It'd be it'd be gold, man. Gold. It would be so good. Um and and, and that match is uh actually a number one contenders match. So whoever wins that will go and face uh Dan Merle for the title. Uh, yeah, so that's that's going to be good stuff right there. And then the winner of the, the singles tournament will face whoever wins that. Uh, and then the last thing is, uh, please be sure if you're not a patron, go join Patreon uh, and become a patron and check out the latest exhibition match, the 80s action comedies uh, exhibition match with Kaiser and Tom Dagnino. That is right. So uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me for episode number 53 of Talking Schmodown. It's been a blast chatting with you all uh, and just kind of talking about all these matches. Next week's going to be crazy. I'm hoping I'll have a guest on next week uh, to kind of talk about it all because it's it's a lot. I'd like to have somebody here with me to talk about all that stuff. So um, Be sure to hit me up on uh, Twitter 
right here at uh, Movie Blog Merc. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc. Uh, Facebook and YouTube at Merc with Movie Blog. Uh, follow me on Anchor, anchor.fm slash Movie Blog Merc. Uh, and you know what? If you are into DC Comics, be sure to check out DCComicsNews.com uh, at DC Comics News on all the social medias. And I actually will be doing a, uh, with DC Fandom coming up this Saturday, I will be doing a 24-hour live stream, essentially. It'll be broken up into parts because with StreamYard, uh, you can only do so, uh, I think it's like four hours at a time, at least with the version that I have. Um, so I'll be doing it in chunks, but I will be live streaming throughout the entirety of the 24 hours. So uh, I'll probably be tired. I'll probably be a little wired. So it's it's going to be fucking awesome, though. So if you're into that, check me out. There will be on the DC Comics News Facebook page and YouTube channel. Uh, you can hit me up there and just watch along, ask questions, comment, anything. It'll be fantastic. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to have guests on. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you again for uh, being here with me. And I, I just, I'm so excited to uh, talk about the Schmodown and... Uh, I'll see you guys next week. As I say every week, we have been talking Schmodown. Catch you next time.